0: Finding that the canter transition, the upward transition into canter, becomes a little bit of a pushing and a shoving match for you every time you ask for it. Do you find that you lose a little bit of your finesse and your control as a rider? And by the time you actually get to canter, well, things are gone a little bit pear-shaped. If that's the case, guys, this week is for you because we're going to be bringing this right back with something that a lot of people think is quite complicated, but it's not because it's slower. Okay, there are a few prerequisites and we're going to talk about that, but I'm sure you're going to be able to manage. This week, we're going to be working on walk to canter transitions. Hi there, my name is Lauren and I'd like to welcome you to Daily Strides here from Strides for Success, where we create these lovely audio horse riding lessons for you to download Hop onto your phone and listen to in the arena. So it's just like I'm there in the arena with you. Now you don't have to listen in the arena. A lot of people just listen in the car, on the way to the barn to help inspire them. And well, I suppose it ensures that every single day you're in the saddle, you have a goal and a plan. Because I think that is the biggest problem people come up against when riding and when in trying to improve their riding is that well, things get boring and a little bit stagnant so we are here to help prevent that from happening so two things first of all I am going to let you know at the end of this how you can get all this week's lessons yes there's another four on this topic and um, they all are built around it and how you can get them for free and then the other thing is you can pop over to stridesforsuccess.com forward slash free and I will send you a whole bunch of other lessons as well. But guys enough about that let us talk about what we want to get into today and that is the walk to canter transition. Now often when I'm in the arena I see that riders when they ask for canter they kind of throw themselves at the horse and if they don't throw their upper body they're definitely throwing their reins okay and they they kind of push it's almost like and some riders push with their upper body some push with their seat but there's a whole lot of shoving and bumping going on there and what I often see happening is that eventually and I say eventually because all that shoving and bumping all it really does is unbalance the rider and the horse so eventually when the horse actually strikes into the canter the rider ends up so far from where they want to be position wise that it takes the first five to ten strides of canter to actually I suppose, settle back in and get things under control to kind of establish a little bit of a baseline and then to be able to work it from there. So as I mentioned, this week, we are going to take it back. We're going to go back, walk to canter. Now, assuming, and I am assuming that you have a fairly independent seat, okay? And the reason this is important is to do walk to canter, there's obviously quite a little bit of an energy change. You have to adapt um, from going from the walk straight into the canter so you do need a little bit of an independent seat or a fairly independent seat and the other thing that's important here is that your horse is developed enough and schooled enough to understand the aids to canter so I mean developed enough because when he's going from walk to canter he does have to use a little bit more or he needs a little bit more strength in order to propel himself forward from that outside hind leg which we're going to talk about just now okay so Once you have all those boxes ticked and you think, yes, that's me, I can do that. Well, let's work on refining that old walk to counter transition for you. So with any transition, that transition and how successful it's going to be will be dictated by the gate that precedes it. So what I'm talking about here is the walk. Your walk has to be a really, really, really good quality walk, okay? Um, I want you to begin when you're walking and you're maybe looking to do this you have to keep thinking about the preparation and what i would suggest doing here is just work on focusing on the walk and beginning to build the walk now the preparation also comes down to the responsiveness on your of your horse and this is really really important with this transition because if knowing when to ask your horse to canter or to ask your horse for the canter is also important to how it's going to turn out at the end. So you need to be sure of what's happening underneath you. Now, how do you do this? Well, the thing is, it all comes down to feel, but the good thing is that feel can be learned. Yes, it can. So by spending time in the saddle and by, I suppose, consistently focusing on what is happening, you can begin to become aware of what leg is stepping on the ground at any given time underneath you. Now, the reason this is so important, as I mentioned, is because the horse's outside hind leg is the one that has to strike the canter. So, obviously, with the canter, you have this nice three time beat one to three, one to three one to three. And the one is the outside hind leg. The two is the inside hind leg and the outside front leg together. And then the three is the inside front leg or the lead leg. It's going to be out of you. If you look at a horse cantering, you will see that there's always one front leg ahead of the other. It's a bit like a skipping. Okay. Um, one leg is always a little bit ahead of the other. Okay. So the thing is when you're in the arena, what I suggest you to do and what I, ask my riders to do here and this is even when we just begin riding so as they can begin to get I suppose to be aware of the fact that they need to know this and also that when you start off initially you can begin to get the feel for it is that every time a we will pick a hoof so you can pick a hoof I suggest picking the outside back hoof because that's the one we're going to be talking about and try and tell when that hoof is going to be on the ground and when it's on the ground note it so I would suggest saying like now now or and once you can begin to get that rhythm and to know okay now 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 I then suggest keep saying now but begin noticing what your body is doing and what is happening to your seat bones and how it feels as that foot is preparing first of all to come onto the ground and then as it is on the ground and what you feel is that as your horse is walking, it's almost like your seat bones are going to be doing a very up and downy figure of eight sort of a motion. <laughs> OK, and that's the only way I can really describe it to you. So basically what happens is your inside seat bone is going to be at the most forward point and it's going to be slightly dipped. And your outside seat bone will be back and slightly higher than the inside seat bone, okay? Now, when that has happened, what's happened is your horse's inside hind leg is, is coming forward or has come forward and is just about to touch the ground. And when his inside hind leg touches the ground, it automatically is going to lift your inside seat bone which will dip your outside seat bone. Your inside seat bone will begin coming back and your outside seat bone now lower will begin to go forward, okay? And again, once his outside hind leg touches the ground, it is going to lift your outside seat bone. It is going to begin to come back and all the while your inside seat bone is going to begin to dip and it's going to begin to come forward again, okay? So it's like this big upy downy figure of 80 movement. And once you're sure of what, what is happening when? This is when you can begin to plan your transition. Now, I personally think that the exact time to ask for the walk to trot, or walk to canter transition even, um, depends a lot on your horse and how responsive he is to your aids. If he's a little bit laid back, you might want to ask just before uh, your inside seat bone is at its most forward position and before it begins to move up and back, okay? However, if he's quite hot or maybe he's, a little, he's very responsive, it may work better to ask just as your outside seat bone begins to dip and to move forward again so again bring it down I know it's if you're listening to this in the car you're thinking holy moly this is all inside outside what are you talking about here but when you're on the horse you will actually be able to feel and actually tomorrow's lesson this is what we are talking about through the lessons being able to feel that and knowing when to ask for the transition as you're doing it okay but so assuming that you know your horse well and you can now feel what is happening underneath you, I would then suggest getting on to a 20 meter circle. Now to ask for the canter, it's really, really important. Again, I mentioned at the very beginning that I suggest doing this in order for you to control yourself a little bit better. And the first thing I want you to be aware of is you're obviously the aids to canter. So with the canter, your inside leg is on, your outside leg comes back a little bit, and then your outside hand almost holds it all together and then your inside hand you just allow a little bit for your horse to come into the canter okay and then obviously as your horse begins to canter it is that forward motion there's a there's a big kind of a burst of energy comes forward and you have to be able to and be ready to ride this you cannot do this if you are collapsed through your upper body Um, it'll actually bounce you off or maybe it won't bounce you off but it'll certainly be uncomfortable <laughs> <laughs> You'll probably lose your balance. So what's important here is that you're sitting up through your body because as your horse stri- goes into the canter, or strikes into the canter, your seat bones are going to move in order to follow him into that transition and into that canter. Okay, and if you are heavy, if you're slouching down and you're you're kind of I don't know, just sitting there like a pile of something. Potatoes, um, you are going to definitely restrict your horse's movement, and as I say, you're going to bounce about a little bit. So it's important to sit up and then become very, very clear on what you're going to ask. I would suggest starting this on a circle. You can use your circle, a 20-meter circle, get the walk going forward. In fact, you almost want the walk, you want a little bit of collection in the walk and how you would achieve this is with a lot of half halts. Now I say collection and people, I am very, very wary of people over collecting in the walk because you can really, really damage your horse's walk. But um, what's important is if you can imagine you're continuously and consistently creating energy with your legs, and then you're just gathering it up. You're, you're, containing it a little bit so it's when you need it it's there for the transition okay Um, and you're doing that using your hands okay so if you can imagine that there's kind of you're all the time just creating and storing all this energy so as it's underneath you and in fact you might find that after the first second third transition your horse begins to anticipate the transition a little bit the walk to canter and he might become a little bit he might start jig jogging or maybe trotting Anything that is not a consistent walk, canter, bring it back. Bring it back to walk and start all over again. So if you get any sort of jig jogs going in there or any trotting strides, bring it right the way back and start from the beginning again. I cannot stress that enough. Do not allow anything. You, You must ask it and it must be done straight away. And this comes down to your horse listening to your aids and being responsive to your aids if you continuously are getting that I want you to have a look at perhaps the fact that you don't have enough energy contained in there to begin with okay and um, if he keeps trotting or running into the canter you don't want that either final thing I'm going to suggest to you here um, as you're working with your horse is that using some leg yielding may actually also help you to build up to the walk to canter transition and you can incorporate that into your schooling as well Guys, if you are interested in hearing more on this, we I know I've quickly run through it all. It's a lot to have in one lesson and that is why we break it down. So day by day, we're going to be going through this in a lot more detail. Tomorrow, as I said, we're going to be talking about the feeling, and knowing what is happening. On Wednesday, we're going to be chatting about using the leg yielding actually to get the canter. And then on Thursday, we're going to be talking about asking for the transition on a straight line. If you are interested in listening to these, you can pop over to stridesforsuccess.com forward slash trial T-R-I-A-L, and you can sign up there as a free seven-day trial. We would love to have you on board. So have an absolutely super day, and I'm looking forward to chatting with you tomorrow. Bye! Thank you.